Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode two of the Good Buds podcast, a show about the Toronto Maple Leafs, not pot, but weed is tight, as always. My name is Joey Belfiore, and I'm here with Andrew Bascom. Andrew, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I am so excited. Another Leaf season is upon us here, Joey. It's like uh, Leaf Miss Eve or whatever, right? Oh, that's good. I like that. Oh, yeah, we should make that a thing. I uh, what, How do you feel going into a season? Like, I know every season is a little different and expectations are a little bit differently. But, like, going into, going into this season, how, how are you feeling right now? I mean, I mean, like I'm, I'm that guy who like every year is like, yep, yeah, we're winning the cup no matter <laughs> how bad we are. Like, yeah. even, even if, uh, Hagman's our first line winger, like I'm like, yeah, we're, we're winning the cup this year. Um, but no, obviously we're in a good spot now and we've been, uh, blessed with, um, with some solid regular season hockey over the mm-hmm. past few years. Yeah. So, you know, excitement. Um, I'm a big opening night guy in terms of like, are you a jersey guy on opening night? Do you wear your jersey around all day in the first first game of the season? I, I'm not a huge jersey guy in general. So no, but I do wear like Leafs paraphernalia all the time. I have a hat that I wear all the time. I'll wear a t-shirt. I'll do that kind of stuff. Yeah, opening night for me, opening day is jersey. And then okay. like the jersey only comes out if I'm going to a game or then every single playoff game, no matter if I'm going or not. Like right. you just have to wear it. Yes. Okay. I totally understand that. Yeah. Like there is, there is a buzz in the city. I know regular season kind of gets downplayed a little bit just because we have been successful, which is just a crazy thing, but you're right. This is not the part I get nervous for. I'm like, Oh good. A regular season. We're going to win a bunch of games. This should be really exciting for everybody. Yeah. It's just nice to watch uh, fun hockey. Cause we have some like, really really talented players so fuck yeah baby let's go yeah it's october 11th (laughs) i know let's get into the news um mitten mania man fraser mitten is a toronto maple leaf boy is he boy is he i this is this is the reason we do this goddamn podcast about the toronto maple leafs because i don't know you you could be sitting around and kind of you could be talking about your best player of another team and you could be a colorado fan and going like Hey, do you think McKinnon's going to have 40 goals? Wow, that's really exciting. This is really good. No, we're a Toronto Maple Leafs podcast where we're like, Frazier fucking mitten, everybody. This is who we want to talk about, man. I I am I am so excited. It's it's kind of crazy because obviously last week we said, you know, it's super encouraging that, that he was having a great camp, but this isn't something we're going to see this year. But yeah. we're going to see it this year and we're going to see it right away. He's going to get nine games to essentially... See if he can stick around longer. Yeah. The the thing that came out to me that Sheldon said was it wasn't any particular moment. It was just the body of work. And that never took a step backward throughout camp. Yeah. So when you think about this, when he was playing in the Memorial Cup with um with uh, the Kamloops Blazers, like back in the spring, yeah. he was not there. And Sheldon even said, like, this wasn't even on the radar at all coming into camp. So you, you have to imagine, like, the jump that this guy must have taken in the short span of a summer. Yeah. It must be crazy for him to earn a spot as a, he's the third line center. He's the third line center. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy to think where we were even a couple of weeks ago. And what we were doing is drawing down perspective lineups and going, Oh, well, who's going to be third line? Wow. We're pretty deep down the middle. So that's going to be okay. And you know, I wonder where Dave camp's going to be. And then you all of a sudden go, what Fridgerman? Fridgerman's going to be the, you know, like we were talking about Nylander at center, just not only like a week ago. And now we're going to be talking about this. You know, it's, it's two things though, because it's very exciting. It's very exciting to have a young player that's coming up 
and and could make you know because it's endless opportunity at that point you know it's it's an ending mm-hmm. amount of of chance there but it does scare you a little bit they're like well he's a kid and you know if we start relying on him and now we're starting to rely on nice and if we start relying on robertson there is something worrying about it but who cares about that that's that's a problem down the road it's just exciting to have a young player make that much of a uh you know impression in such a short time yeah, he's, he's going to start in the third line, centering it with uh, Matthew Nyes on one side and Callie Yarncroft on the other side. That, that's, <laughs> uh, that's a fun little line. Like I, I, uh, I'm obviously excited to see what Minton brings in NHL yeah. games, but like we saw a little short piece of Matthew Nyes in the spring last year, or this year. This year. <laughs> and this uh, year, Last season, yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just exciting. They're two exciting players, and we'll see what happens. It's not like if Fraser Minton gets sent back down after nine games, yeah. the world is on fire. This is just encouraging like we said last week and we'll see what happens and where it goes take it game by game well that's that's exactly it because it's not like holy christ if this doesn't work we're so screwed you know what i mean like no it's like it's just it's kind of found money it's money you find in the couch here a little bit that you can go oh this is gonna actually work out this year and if it does great and if it doesn't we'll readjust and go from there but like i i it is it is hard not to be excited about this yeah and i think like if he gets sent down after nine games, which is a very real possibility, very real. that's yes. when we probably see William Nylander come in at center again. And and Sheldon talked about it today, how basically he got Nylander got that extended look in the preseason at center. So it's not like he's going to have to find. I know, like we say. Extended. Like, extended I know, right? is like, the key word there. Really? I know. It's like. It, it felt like it was a week, but I guess <laughs> yeah, practice yeah. reps, line I rushes, guess. he was getting a, a longer look at center than he has ever had, I guess. Yeah. In the past I, that's few a, years. That's the only thing I'd push back on is that like we, they tried this, they tried this last year, they tried this two years ago, but it feels like every time it happens in a game, they're like one period and he's like, oh, fuck no, I'm not doing that again. That was terrible. Yeah. And it's like, well, you can't, I just don't think it's going to be fair to, to the player or to the line mates that they're just putting it out there and going like, well, one mistake, let's get them hell out of there. So, I would say the extended look is maybe we could give him a longer extended look, especially if, you know, this is something I hope we don't toy with too much, but if the regular season doesn't matter as much to us, then why not try it a little bit longer? You know, I know game one hasn't been played yet, but let's try it maybe just a little bit. Yeah, I, I'd i like to see it. I'd like to yeah. see what happens just yeah. for a long period of time. You're right. It, it, it happens and then it's like two seconds and he's back on the wing. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. JT and Willie back together again. <laughs> I know um, someone not going to be back this year is mm-hmm. Sam Lafferty. Yeah. Sam Lafferty is a Vancouver Canuck. He has been traded for a fifth round pick. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I, it's, I, I don't know. I don't find this to be as dramatic as, uh, others seemingly do at this point, only because Sam Lafferty, ha- you know, provides one very specific thing. It's like effort and hustle and you can skate down the ice. Uh, he is terrible it's with the puck. Kind of- Solid penalty killer. He's a solid penalty killer. Absolutely. He, and he gives a tremendous amount of hustle and, and he's a pretty good skater, but like he's terrible with the puck and he can't finish. And so I just think it's one of those, this is a specific cap casualty of signing players in the off season. And I don't think we're talking about Bertuzzi because we're like, oh yeah, we like Bertuzzi. That's going to be good. And I don't think we're talking about Domi because we're like, oh, that's good. Or Klimberg, who we understand his use here. I think this is a thing that you can tie back directly to a Ryan Reeves signing to go, okay, for a fourth line winger that's going to play eight minutes a night, we are really tight to the cap and we need to start getting rid of some salaries. You know, we can talk about all the uh, amount of players that we had to put on waivers and uh, the dubious effect of not getting any of them claimed. This is a direct tie to saying we need to cut a million and a half dollars out of this salary cap here and we need to trade Sam La- Sam Lafferty for, you know, pe- pennants of what we got. We traded a second round pick 
uh, yeah. for him. And now we're getting a fifth round draft pick back. Yeah, a little tough. Yeah, it is tough. I mean, it's a solid trade for Vancouver, I think. Oh, yeah. I, I think he brings, you know, he brings something to a lineup. He brings something to a bottom six. Solid penalty killer. Like you said, it's insanely fast. But people, Leafs Nation was basically saying, like, why don't we trade Yarncroft instead? Ooh, what? What? Sam Lafferty is not the player that Kelly Yonkrook is. He does not bring the the offensive upside that no, Kelly Yonkrook no, brings at all. No. Um, and it seemed like Yonkrook was just everyone's casualty in terms of how we fit under the cap. But no, turns out it's it's Sam Lafferty, and and I guess we're under the cap somehow, some way. Magic. You know, it's just it's kind of like what they would say in the NFL. Like, teller cap doesn't exist. You know what I mean? Uh, this one, it's it, through magic. We just consi- consistently are going to cycle players through the minors just to get under there a little bit. I, uh, I, you know, I think the other one, too, is it's an expectation game. Expectations just kill you. And when we look at a lineup over and over and over again for two weeks going, that's going to be our lineup. That's going to be our lineup. That's going to be our lineup. And then we trade Lafferty and people go, oh, something is wrong because you had an expectation and then they've taken that from you. And you go, oh, mm-hmm. no, that's terrible. So I just would say, does this, you know, Sam Lafferty seems like a great guy, whatever. Does this really matter? I, I'm not sure it really does when Mitten Mania is running wild uh, in Toronto, in the streets of Toronto. Yeah, yeah it's, all about Fraser, it's all about Fraser Mitten. <laughs> yeah. He's the new Bieber. He's yes. the new Bieber. <laughs> yeah, I, oh I don't know. God. Do you, like, I don't know. Like, does this really matter? I think the other one too is what, you know, I, I just made the argument that we got bad uh, value back for it. But like, those circumstances in which the trade happened are very different. The one you're making at the deadline is yep. a different deal than you'll always get value-wise than yep, any other time more. in the year. Yep. You know, so like, so what? We lose three rounds on the pick. We needed a guy to go into the playoffs last year, and we got him, and now we don't need that player anymore. Well, you're you're not really negotiating from the highest position at that point. Yep, I, I totally agree. Yeah. I totally fair. agree. Yeah. A move the front office had to make. And uh, a front office that now includes... Jake Muzzin <laughs> and Curtis McElhinney. Leaf, Leaf legend Curtis McElhinney. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> with, the, with the longevity around the organization, then yes, he is. <laughs> so, like, okay, the only Curtis McElhinney moment that stands out, I think this must stand out for, like, every sicko Leaf fan, sure. is the Austin Matthews first year where we kind of snuck into the playoffs. And yes. McElhinney had that amazing save against Sidney Crosby in the dying seconds to preserve a one-goal lead. And, like, yep. uh, Jim Houston, like, with the classic, like, great! Save McElhenney. <laughs> just like a, a classic Jim Houston call. Can I sidebar for a second? Just oh, because oh my God. we're talking about Jim Houston. And, yeah. And uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention his infamous moment. Like the Columbus overtime goal. Yes. Yes. When Austin Matthews scores against Columbus in yeah. overtime in the bubble in the playoffs. And Jim Houston. <laughs> good old Jim Houston. Casperi Kapanen. Kapanen. <laughs> Oh, and then he has to very sheepishly and quietly take two seconds and go like, Austin Matthews. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'd love Less- <laughs> We could talk announcers all day. I think we got to like, we you know, we got to sprinkle this in here a little bit because it, the, real, the real the real damning- favorite and who's who's your who's your all time favorite? Uh, well, you know, I, I know I'm wearing a Holy Machina shirt, but like Bob Cole, I, I know he yep. didn't like the Leafs, but his just voice is synonymous with hockey in my head. Yep. Um, oh, so- baby. <laughs> that's him just these boys are going hard <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah bob cole is my childhood that is it is. that is 
the voice of my childhood for sure. The, the real tough part about being a Leafs fan is that because you're the biggest uh, team in hockey, you don't really have a home broadcasting team. You don't have two guys in a booth that are clearly homers and trying to rally around a team. You get a lot of Jim Houston's that are doing two Leaf games a week, whatever, but they are so desperate to stay impartial that they go the other way and you go, do they hate my team? And I know everybody thinks the announcers hate your team, but like there are some times because of the, the striving for being impartial where you're like, why can't we just have two guys that are like, you know, so homers, I guess we have, I guess we have Holy Mackinac himself, but you know what I mean. Yeah, but he's doing he's doing radio now. He's yeah, not, not doing traveling Sportsnet like he was. Yeah, yeah. And Jim Houston's done too. Um, we've got Chris Cuthbert or Gord Miller yeah. essentially, right? Every single yeah. game. Yes. I'm yes. I'm a Gord Miller Mike Mike Johnson guy. I like mm-hmm. I like those two a lot. I like Mike Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think he's good. And and obviously, I think everyone misses Ray Ferraro, but mm-hmm. Mike Johnson like has done a good job in TSN, like filling in the TSN shoes. I think Mike Johnson stands out, maybe not because he's the most like eloquent person in the world but he is one of the few people that will genuinely criticize the players like he will Mm -hmm. he will and not in a mean way but it feels a lot like uh, you know chris collinsworth in the nfl a little bit where you know in the beginning he stood out because he wasn't afraid to go like oof bad play god that is not good and just that level of honesty coming from a former player does go a long way it does hold water so i I like him a lot i like gord miller too you know gord miller another one that like i feel like uh you kind of go back and you're like, you know, he's been doing this for 35 years. You're like, no, wait, what? And you're like, and you start like listening to world juniors in the early nineties and you're like, Oh God. Okay. Yeah. He's been doing it forever. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But that, no, yeah. Sidebar. We will definitely be giving our grades on announcing as well, because that is something yeah, that, that we the, talk about. A large sidebar to basically talk about how Jake Muzzin retired. Today. <laughs> <laughs> the, the worst kept secret in hockey. Jake Muzzin was never going to play hockey again. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's kind of cool that he, he clearly, wanted to still be around and yeah. um, just wanted to contribute in some way and how he's going to take the next step in his career. And it's kind of cool that he's still a leaf and he's, is he like, he's the new Jason Spezza, I guess. Well, yeah, it's, <laughs> I think it says, like, yeah, I, I guess. so. yeah. I, it says a couple of things about the Leafs in general, that former players want to retire and stay with the organization, that the organization is willing to give them their first opportunity in hockey post playing. And then yeah. the other thing is, uh, that Jake Muzzin is very paternal to a lot of the younger guys. A lot of the young guys, when he got traded over to Toronto, were very young and look up to him. And mm-hmm. so I think him staying on is a good thing that he can walk in the locker room and just go like, what's going on? You're like, that. That I think that is a worth the salary of whatever we're going to be paying him. We. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> whatever they're going to be paying. Yeah, we, we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'll be, I'm going to be doing the p and and be very disappointed. Oh, Jake Muzzin, too much money, yeah. We when we're winning, they when we're losing. <laughs> it's, it's just that is very true. But yeah, I, I don't know. I I, lo- I don't know. I like it. I like that they're they're formally going to be doing it. And you know, speaking of players that went on to LTIR and probably never going to play again, uh, the Matt Murray uh, six to eight months. They actually came out with the actual surgery and the actual yeah. timeline because I know yep. that that was like a fringe conspiracy theory thing of like, oh, Murray, he wasn't actually, hurt. Yeah. He wasn't hurt. They're just burying him and they're going to pay him some money and stuff like that. And so Robita now that they Island. Yeah, Robin exactly. Robin Island. So now that he's actually hurt and they actually have surgery, I hope everyone can quiet down about that and that, you know, whatever. He, I don't know. Best of luck to Matt Murray, Leafs legend. Yeah. 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 Best of luck <laughs> to a uh, longtime Leafs netminder, Matt Murray. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm surprised you have a Matt Murray jersey, right? Based on your jersey no. collection? No. Oh, many, okay. Many other uh, short term Leaf goalies, but not mm-hmm. Matt Murray. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andrew, um, 
Here's here's something we talk about. Yeah. Are there too many preseason games? Oh, oh yeah. You know what? Yes. The answer is yes. And this yeah. is this is another downside to being a Leafs fan, being a big team, is that the Leafs always play the most preseason games, whatever it is. And now that's a little bit NHL and a little bit TSN Sportsnet or the CBC or whoever's going to be carrying the games. And it's a lot MLSE who sells the, the season ticket packages and milks these guys for getting all the preseason tickets as well. You have yeah, to agree. You, you have those, to, right? Exactly. You ha- it comes yeah. all with it. It's kind of like, you know, in the first days of the NBA, when the Raptors came, you had to buy both season tickets together. That was the way to mm-hmm. get you in. Um, you have to agree with this. There's too many games, right? Wait. Yeah. I'm not going to say way too many games because okay. what, there's like eight or nine, but yeah, eight or nine. Yeah. I mean, I'm cool with having a couple and then jumping right in. Obviously yeah. meaningful hockey is better than non-meaningful hockey. Uh, it's not like baseball where you got a whole month of preseason. What is it, like 25 games? Yeah. Yeah, spring training. It's, it's a it's a ton, and and pitchers come in there a month before that. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a long time, but I, I think we've seen in every sport that they've just cut down on preseason games a lot. So I just to me the thing that doesn't make any sense is that the National Predators will play five, and the Toronto Maple Leafs play nine. How do how, why different numbers? That just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, different by a substantial margin, like a week yeah. of, a week longer of games. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really get it. So yes, there are too many for the Toronto Maple Leafs specifically. Or how about we just get all the teams to play the exact same number? Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd yeah, be how nice. about that? That's not too crazy. Um, you know, play Montreal a couple times in the preseason, and then you kick off the regular season with them. Uh, opening night, man, against Montreal. Yeah, I, I was listening to Thirty Two Thoughts, and Elliot was pumping the Leafs' tires, which Uh-oh. you know is always nice. But mm-hmm. I was like, just hesitant for a second because he was talking about how you know we're the healthiest team in the division knock yeah. on wood um yeah, we are gonna get off to a great start and he's talking just about like how we're gonna get off to like a quick roll and, and just run with it here and yeah. then i was like hold on a second do we remember the last couple years <laughs> yeah, like do yeah. we remember <laughs> the last couple years our record in october like last year we started four four and two in october and yeah. everyone was ready to, sh- to fire sheldon keith everyone was ready to fire sheldon keith and trade mitch marner that was like that was it. That the was the option. course of action. <laughs> and then what happened? And then we went 11-1-3 in November, and yeah. everything was fine. Yeah, I, 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 you worry about the living change and the few additions we made because, you know, every year you kind of want to be the post-hype sleeper. Like the team that the year going in, you're like, oh, this is our team. They're, oh, we're going to do so well. And when you fizzle out, the next year is actually the year that you seem to do well because expectations are lower. But now with all these changes, I think the problem is it's it's – We've gone back to expectation again where people are like, holy shit, this team is really good. They're going to win so many games. And I just think it's, I don't know how many more times we can do this where we go in and we just go, yeah, well, we're just going to win a bunch of games the regular season and we'll see what happens. Winning a division would be nice. Like that would be really cool. Uh, but it's never going to happen, Andrew. Not the division. It's just never going to happen that like the expectations are always going to be sky yes. high. Like, yes. Yes. No matter you know, what our roster looks like, that's just what happens. People get excited and they smell like that that fall air, and all of a sudden that <laughs> makes them think like a Stanley Cup's coming home, baby. Uh, you know, it's, it's so <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you're saying that though because I always want to give out. You know, being this a very specific Toronto Maple Leafs podcast, and you and I both, you know, will gamble from time to time, and we talk about gambling. Hockey is a tough one to gamble because it's such a homer sport. It, whether the Leafs are good or not, you know, we both believe that they are, and and they're mm-hmm. probably going to do pretty well this regular season. Um, you can't bet on them in the regular season. You can't bet on them to say, oh, the you know, let's say they're going to win the Presidents Cup or you know Presidents Trophy, excuse me, where you, you they're going to be they're going to be uh, sailing now. Uh, they're going to be they're going to be close to the Presidents Trophy. 
so you'd go, oh, they're probably around fifth, right? That sounds about right. No, they will always be first or second, no matter what, for Stanley Cup, for for division, for odds, yeah. for odds because there are yeah. just so many goddamn Toronto Maple Leafs fans, and everyone's going to show up and go, I have a hundred dollars, I don't want to see this again. Let me let me spend it on this thing, <laughs> and the Leafs just absolutely kill you on that. So it's not even worth you know gambling on it. Yeah, <laughs> not even. <laughs> There's my rant. There's I, my sidebar. As I make my future, my future <laughs> bets. <laughs> It just, they don't make, they don't incentivize you to do it. So I agree with you because it's just like Ellie Freeman pumping our tires. It's there, you know, the fall gets a little crisp and you start going, hmm, so it feels like this, the Leafs team might be pretty good. Yeah. feels like the Leafs team might be pretty good. Uh, <laughs> let's say we uh, get into, this is egregious. This is egregious. Oh, this is egregious. This is egregious. This is egregious as we all know <laughs> leaf nation is no stranger to exaggeration or overreaction no. we've all done it oh. i'm an exaggerator i'm an overreactor i'm Absolutely. a leaf fan however this segment <laughs> is to highlight how ridiculous and egregious toronto media can get and why it's just completely nonsense yeah. um an article headline that i saw this past week oh, okay. was minton making the leafs allows them to trade nylander <laughs> Give yeah, me sure. a fucking break. <laughs> oh my God. How does this shit get published? Um, it's so ridiculous and far out in like yeah. space land to come up with that solution where, yeah, a guy who was supposed to play the entire year in the WHL is going to come in and then steal a job so we can get rid of a top 20 forward in the NHL. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he scored 40 goals last year, and we're like, actually, give it to the 19-year-old. He's got it. Don't worry about it. Also, give while we're doing that, start stitching his, no- his, his name and number. We're going to hang it from the rafter soon. So just, like, get that ready. You know, just get it ready because it's going to happen. I, it's, oh, my God. It's one thing that we can lead the show with going, like, man, aren't we excited about men? This is going to be so exciting. And then you look at somebody else and go, not you, though. You're too much. You got to slow down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, like, you know, bring it back just a little bit there, okay? Just a little bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, like, be kind of excited be pretty excited yeah don't be ridiculously excited <laughs> that we're getting that, rid of william nylander for it yes yeah oh yeah it's like oh don't worry about negotiating anymore because we have we have mitten don't worry absolutely that's egregious that is egregious it's pretty darn egregious my egregious is gonna be about the preseason because of course it's about the preseason preseason is a little silly it's silly season and you know what and just to say is like just to talk about Minton again is like it is silly so when you start seeing that uh he's a cow and or you know like Minton's playing really well or something like that you go oh that's fun that's like a nice preseason surprise and the fact he's sticking with the team and being on third line that's like whoa it's actually real this is something that's not real and I just everyone needs to slow down here are the Leafs save percentages uh by their goalies in the preseason Martin Jones is number one at uh, 939. Samsonov is at 879 and Walls at 870. Oh, so M- Martin Jones is the starter then, right? Exactly. Martin Jones is the starter. I didn't tell you that. We should have led that off the top of the show. Martin Jones is the starter. Uh, he's older than my father. It's going to be great. Uh, yeah, this it just blows my mind that we're like, oof, Wall. Yes, hey, we're allowed to be worried, but it shouldn't be based on the save percentages of the, of the preseason. And I'm going to give you an example why. Because... You know, uh, Sorokin, he's got an 867. That's actually under Joseph. That's under Wall. So we, I, he's probably getting cut. So we should probably look to sign <laughs> him. Uh, Bobrovsky, who, you know, made us feel feelings uh, last spring. Uh, he's at 868. And, but let me tell you, you know, who's lighting up the preseason at a 935. Beautiful. Even just almost the, almost as good as Jones. That's our good friend, Eric Shalgren. 
Uh, Eric so, Schalgren. Eric Schalgren. Back, back from the dead and having a great save percentage in the preseason, uh, making everyone regret that we gave up on him. So I would just say anyone that is worried about uh, our goaltending through save percentages in the preseason, they need to calm down because that's egregious. Yeah. Um, uh, Jeff Follett made a good point on this. He was basically saying mm. how like your starting goaltenders are going to get um, your B-side lineup in front of them a lot of yeah. the time in the preseason. Yeah. And your third goalies, like your Martin Jones, are going to get your A lineup in front of you in the preseason generally, um, which is why sometimes you see the numbers down because yeah. you're going to be playing against high-level talent with a minor league squad in front of you as a goalie. So that's kind of why you you might see lower numbers for your starters. But like again, this is not something to throw out of proportion. Uh, I'm actually super bullish on our goaltending going into mm. the year. Okay. I think – you know, if if our defense is kind of like our wait and see, uh oh, that that might be a, a work in progress type thing. Yeah. I actually think the goaltending can shore a lot of it up. I'm just happy with the depth. Yeah, I think Ilya Samsonov played so lights out last year, especially at home. Obviously, battled some injuries down the stretch that kind of fucked up his play a little bit, and then yeah. obviously yeah. didn't even get to finish the playoffs. Um, but it, then I like Wall taking a chance and taking that step and being like, "Yeah, you're the backup man. Like, you're gonna get." 20 to 30 starts and we'll we'll see what you do with it because he's a prospect we've had in the system for so long he's battled some injury issues didn't really get to start the year the way he wanted to last year just didn't start healthy and then kind of took over saw spot and grabbed it and i'm into it man and then you know as we always start five goaltenders a year it's nice to have a a third one like martin jones (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know it. Joe Wall has got a real opportunity here, and he played he played well enough last year for it to to stand. You know, obviously, as much as I'm making fun of it, you know, it would be great if his numbers were a little bit better in the preseason. And you know, I know injuries have been an issue as well, so you hope to see him play pretty well. But I think the most miraculous thing is that Martin Jones cleared waivers. Like, whoa, you know, not that, and that's no, that's no. <laughs> it's not like Martin Jones is, you know, Jacques Plante here. It's that any <laughs> goaltender, we could have put a broomstick with pads on waivers and be, like Arizona was like, yeah, we're taking him. It was like, oh, God damn it. You know, man, you're killing us. So to, for him to clear is a great sign because we have a little bit more depth. Yeah, I thought Tampa was going to take him for sure. I, I thought so too. I thought so too. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk NHL news for a little bit? Yeah, let's talk NHL news. NHL news coming out just as of today while we were talking. You know, there's a couple of things we can talk about. Uh, but the first thing I want to talk about, and this is like egregious is usually where we're having fun. So we can highlight some silly things that we're going to be talking about. This is genuinely egregious only just because it upsets me so much. The NHL has banned pride tape for warmups, games, and even practices. And I just, the whiplash of going from last year to going hockey's for everyone. So we're going to wear these jerseys as warm-ups. And then seven players had an issue. Uh, and with not wearing them, fine. Hey, like, you don't want to wear them. You don't have to. Now the NHL has 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 snapped around so fast that you're not only is hockey for everyone, it is for nobody. You Nobody can wear these. How dare you even think about wearing them, even though we made you wear them last year. This, this is ridiculous. This is just such a clear NHL just like just can't get out of their own way. Yeah. If if you if you didn't want to force players to wear them, whatever. That's totally fine. The NHLPA probably had something to say about that. But not allowing them to give them a chance to try and wear them during a warm-up to show some representation and support for yeah. for a community that doesn't feel involved in hockey. This is making sure that they go, yeah, it's not for you. Yeah, don't even try this. This is ridiculous. Yeah, it's a big miss by the NHL. It's Ugh. Like what? What is 
wrong with NHL players wanting to show their support and just I stand with this community. Yeah. Um, like, it's just a, it's a huge miss. It's brutal. You uh, shake your head at it, and and at the frustrating thing is like, are you surprised? No, that's the worst part. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not the worst part. Excuse me. I shouldn't say that. But that's the, the most frustrating part is going, yeah, of course they fucked this up. Like, unbelievable. There are nights all the time to stand up for great causes like, you know, cancer or something like that. Or even military appreciation. I know it's kind of stuff. I, the fact that they can't find a better solution that nobody is allowed to wear them is, yeah. I, I just think, ridiculous. So Brutes. that is the first new. That's the first news off the top, which is so frustrating. But we have other stuff to talk about. Like some people signed some contracts today. Yeah, some some big ones. Rasmus Dahlin is making John Tavares money, man. Yes. He's making John Tavares money. $11 million a year for eight years. Rasmus Dahlin cashed in. Yeah, third highest uh, third highest uh, AAV for a defenseman in the NHL uh, going into this year, which is crazy. I, 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 You know, he's a good player. Like, I don't think it's a shot at that, but it's more to say that I think that number surprised a few people. Yeah, my question is how does owen power use that number when it's his turn to get paid like That's you're gonna really you're question. gonna use it as a as a measuring stick you're, that number 100%. becomes your compare comparison to see what owen power is going to command and then all of a sudden buffalo's looking to sink in a lot of money in their blue line i say that as a toronto maple Leafs fan i was who, just gonna say you know <laughs> who i'm constantly supporting the core four sticking around <laughs> Well, I was going to say also, we, you know, being Toronto Maple Leafs fans, we are, we have been observers to players using each other's contracts as negotiating uh, bargain chips. You know what I mean? Like yep. we, we look at whatever Nylander signs for Marner is going to be staring at it and going, okay, more. Uh, oh, great. God. Okay. Oh, you know, God. they, they both watch Matthews and they went, okay, that's interesting. You know, they're using them as a measuring stick. So I get that, but you, uh, you, you, yes, you should keep good players on your team. That is a good <laughs> roster building strategy but uh oof little 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 rough it's a big one it's a big, yeah, it's a big the one. surprising though that wasn't even the, the big surprise no. the surprising one was we figured that mark shifley and connor hellebuck were not going to be winnipeg jets even going no. into the season and then yeah okay they're going to stick around the season they're probably both going to get traded and then they they both sign i a, i they both right signed away at the same time <laughs> same time matching deals like it is I, it is almost like, it's almost like cute. Like it's like from the seventies where like a bunch of friends like showed up and went, yeah, we'll sign the same contract together. As long as we get to stick around together, throw in a case of beer or something like that. Like I, I couldn't, it's, it's almost novel and charming at the same way, except the numbers are ridiculous. Yeah. I, they're going to be, well, honestly, like I, I am i I'm a, I'm a Connor Hellebuck guy. I think he's sure probably a top three goaltender in the NHL. Like who's playing, who's playing, you know, not with the greatest team in front of them. Some of these top no, goal, that no. some of these top goalies do have. Uh, I just think like Winnipeg Jets fans got to be really excited about this, just because yeah. now it puts them back into into not an absolute disaster in a what are we going to do? What is this season going to even be? Type thing. Like they're now thinking, okay, playoffs, and let's see if we can make a run. This is this is the group. For sure, you know, like even when we talk about the you know Western Conference in general, is, was Winnipeg? What was Winnipeg going to do? Was it going to burn it to the ground? Was it going to trade its pieces away? Was it going to make another run for the playoffs? And you know, this is a very clear answer, which you got to like from a very small, one of the smallest uh, you know cities um, in the NHL to to keep good players, like we we're just talking about, to keep good players around. That's totally fine. But seven year deals. For, for these two players at their age that they're keeping, you know, I, I loved the reply. It was from a uh, Don Lucician from The Athletic 
where mm. they were, they, everyone was uh, inquiring, going, mm, I wonder if there's going to be like a no movement contract or something like that. And, and Dom chimed in that Shifley's uh, no movement contract is the AAV because no one is going to want to pick this up after like two years. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. And it's a seven year deal. So that's exciting. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, probably the most exciting player since Connor McPowerplay came into the league is about to debut tomorrow oh, now. Yeah. Or I yeah. guess tonight when people are listening to this, Connor Bedard is coming and yeah, you the mean, hype is insane oh it's it's insane you mean fraser minton's best friend that's the only way i know about Connor bedard uh yeah. but yes uh <laughs> that's that's a good reference point for everybody out there they're very good friends <laughs> actually to the point that when minton uh they posted that he made the team Connor bedard posted an instagram story with just a smiley face so like cute nice. you know well, also we can start now the trends nice. of future uh trying to make believe Connor bedard uh yeah the, <laughs> yeah, Bedard's like it, it's just good for hockey to have uh, a player like this uh, enter, you know, enter in a big market. You know, even though it's Chris' team, uh, it's it's just really exciting because he's so talented, and even in the preseason, he looked absolutely the part. Yeah, it's it's super exciting. I mean, we got him on the schedule. Game three, we're gonna see Connor Bedard in yeah. Toronto, and I was like, you know what? I just want to see what the prices are. It's a Monday <laughs> night. It's not a hot Saturday night ticket. It's Monday night to see the debut of Connor Bedard in Chicago and you are not getting into the lower bowl unless you want to shell out at least 400, 420. <sighs> Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I know it's, it is one of those ones. Cause I remember seeking out t- tickets for Connor McDavid because everyone has spoke about how fast he was and, and it does come across on TV, but when you get into a, get into the rink and actually watch him go from one side to the other, you do go, Oh my God. And I think it's a lot like Bedard in that way too, where he's just so good with his hands that you just, you want to see it in person. You want to see someone go the wrong way. Uh, yeah, it's it's just, it's really exciting. What what kind of season do you think he's going to have? I don't know, man. Like, I, the Blackhawks are going to be bad. That bad. Like, yeah. that first line is exciting. It's it's a promising line where you hope to see some highlight reel stuff from Connor Bedard and see what happens, but that team's going to be trash. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I guess, you know, and, and the really great example of that was that highlight that they passed around during the preseason of Bedard doing a no-look backhanded pass from the blue line all the way to the crease where, uh, I forget what the teammate was, but missed the one-timer completely. It's like a pass you couldn't believe. Almost that the, his teammate is like, can't believe that it got to him, but he just completely whiffs on the one-timer and that might be a good microcosm of his rookie year where he needs better players around him to finish this kind of stuff because he could be as good as he wants. He still might not get the points. I know a lot of people talk about like the over under 35 goals or what do you get? And you're like, man, I don't know. He's a kid like, and the team sucks around him. So it's a little bit easier just to focus on him. Yeah. It, it's so funny. Like the way the media has just taken him and, and ran with it. They asked Austin the other day, like, do you think he can get four in the opener? Like in <laughs> just the reaction that Austin gave, like, like, what the fuck uh, am I supposed to say to that man? Like literally like what the fuck? I think he said like, I think he could get six. Like just yeah. that, that split second of you could see Austin just like, God, like another just <laughs> dumbass question that I got to deal with. I'm so glad I signed a contract here. This is so stupid. You could be in Arizona. They don't even know we have a team. Um, yeah. yeah. I yeah, like what's it? also the reporter asking that question. What is he supposed to, what is the answer he's hoping for that Austin turns around and goes, no, God, no, oh, yeah. no, absolutely not. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Good God. So stupid. But yeah, it's 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 exci- hey, it's exciting. And Chicago was kind of a listless organization right before that. So, you know, uh, good for them. But yeah, it's, it's I can't wait to see him play. And we're going to watch him on the third game of the season. Yeah, third game, Monday, first game, Wednesday, October 11th against Montreal. Mm-hmm. Cannot flip and wait. Cannot wait. 
Cannot wait. Also, I just love playing Montreal in the first game, especially the last couple of years. It's just very exciting. It never, like, it, they, they won it last year, but I feel like they, the Leafs won the opener last year, right? Yes. 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 I do remember this because, yeah. <laughs> I just wonder what my wife's know. family is a, is a Habs fan, and I remember oh. poking, I, poking the bear a little bit. I just want everyone to know, Joey did not look at any notes. He actually went into like the recesses of his computer brain and went like, did we? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. I was like, you, you didn't Google that. Like you just did that off the top of his head. It's really no, I impressive. Ju- I just remember drinking at a bar and, and jabbing at <laughs> that my person? wife's yeah. uncle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's a Habs fan. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's so funny where it's like people always say like rivalries. Well, both teams have to be pretty good for it to be rivalry. It's like, no, not at all. Montreal has been terrible for the last couple of years. And I have ever, I just want to, to just pounce on them at every opportunity. Kick the crap yeah. out of them. I don't care. Yeah. Still hate them. Still hate, still hate him. him. Always will. Ottawa hasn't been relevant for many, many years. Still yeah. hate him. Still hate him. I know. I it's I I can't. Yeah. I I hope we just kill him at every opportunity. I hope that starts on Wednesday. So you know, it's so funny though because we were talking about the West a little bit there, and we we're talking about you know Winnipeg trying to get in. We did this last episode with the East. Do you want to help predict what 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 teams do you think are going to make the Western Conference uh, playoffs? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, Edmonton, Colorado, mm-hmm. Vegas, Dallas. I think LA gets in. I think now Winnipeg gets in. Um, Calgary. Yeah, okay. And Seattle. And Seattle. Okay, I am very close to you. We have one team off from each other. Um, I have Colorado. I have uh, Dallas, which you have. I have Winnipeg, which you have. Calgary, mm-hmm. Edmonton, Vegas, and Seattle, which you all have. I think the only difference that we have from each other is I'm going to take Minnesota to get back in. Um, and that means that I didn't have LA. LA, yeah. Yeah, so that's the Interesting. one Interesting. I know, you know, just Minnesota, I just... The Bill Guerin stuff, and it just seems like uh, it's kind of—I don't know what the what the comparison is. Kind of like the Mike Vrabel and the Titans, where you're like, "Hey, that team yeah. sucks," and you're like, "Yeah, but they're tough," and they kind of have like an identity, and you're like, "Oh, yeah, okay. they do have an identity." Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, it's it's. I feels like the West is is a little bit easier to pick than the East. I feel like there might be much more variance with the younger teams of the East. Somebody's going to take a step up, and that means someone's going to take a step down. Whereas the West, I'm like, yeah, I feel pretty good about these eight. Yeah, I, I just think the West is so top heavy. <laughs> You got like your yeah. big four and then and then kind of like a huge drop, whereas the East, you've got like a big eight. Yeah. Like a big yeah, six a at least. Point. A big six yeah. at least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the East is generally stronger this year going into this mm-hmm. year. But then you still have those giants in the West, like Vegas, like Colorado. Pains me to say, but like Edmonton. I don't even know yeah. why I hate Edmonton, but I hate Edmonton. Yeah, I don't know why I hate Edmonton too, but I also do. I just feel like we are... Uh, like the, the two kids going for like student council president or something like that. Like, it's like, I feel like there, there is weird natural comparisons of a core getting older. And, uh, I, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't like Edmonton. I don't like watching them. So, uh, even though they're the most exciting team in hockey and they score a ton of goals. Yeah. I, I think it's probably just like the, the Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, Leon Dreisettel narrative of between the fan bases and I don't think the teams actually have any sort of bad blood towards one another. I yeah, think it's yeah, yeah. just the fan bases. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think that absolutely is. So uh, you know what? Before before we get into the the matchups before the next show, uh, let's bring back uh, everyone's favorite weekly segment. Joey guesses the number of a former Leaf player. Oh, uh, <laughs> I actually prepared this time. I actually have one oh, for wonderful. you. We're gonna do this weekly. I'm gonna give okay. you one player, okay? Instead of just naming players off the top of my head. 
Okay. So Joey, if you don't know, Joey is very good at remembering numbers for former players uh, from his childhood. <laughs> so I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a good one here. I'm going to give you a goaltender. Thing. I'm going to give you okay. a goaltender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I'm going to give you Jonas Gustafson. 50. What? Monster. Right. Didn't even have a to monster. think about it. Oh, 50. wow. Just incredible. We got to use this talent for good. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> Make money. Um, okay. Speaking of the monster, I just want to touch on this before we go. Sure. Um, sure. He had a, like a, a fun little mask. Elias Samson of goalie mask. Oh. Is awesome. Is amazing. I, don't, I can't believe we haven't talked about this. Yes. It's awesome. It's It goes back to like, it's like Cujo, gives you Cujo mm-hmm. vibes a little bit where you've got the mouth of the monster kind of on the top and on the bottom with the teeth. Yes. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It, uh, it's nice. It's going to look yeah. good. We'll tweet it out too, because it, it is. Yeah. So please check it out at good buds pod. We're on Twitter on X, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, it's, it goes back into the old, the old thing. And now it feels like every mask is like an homage to like 12 things. I like It's like, you know, like it's, um, a Muppet, but it's also like Charlie Chaplin and it's also this. And you're like, oh, yeah. okay. And it's Mount Rushmore. Cause I play in, you know, whatever Washington, even though that's in North Dakota, whatever. It, and so like, I, it's, Wait, South Dakota? No, South Dakota. I, I, I want to no get that right. Idea. That would that, that would have drove me crazy if I got that one wrong. Uh, but it feels like every mask is kind of like that. Whereas, like, let's go back to like intimidating masks. Let's go back to scary masks. Yeah, it feels like goalie masks have now taken this turn where they're like, um, what they're posters in your childhood bedroom. It's like my favorite artist growing up. I'm gonna put them on my <laughs> mask. I think like yeah. Carter Hart has Dave Grohl on his mask, and you're just like, what? Like, yeah, a, a Dave Grohl. Why? I, I I don't get it. It's like uh, movie movie characters. You see that a lot on masks and and mm-hmm. uh, actors and singers, and it's just a little weird to me. Where I, I miss the it's just a shark's head, or it's, yeah, it's a it's crazy it's, as it's a demon. It's fun yeah. fire. Yeah, it's like oh that's great. Yeah, and finally Samson bringing that back. So like I I I love it, and it's definitely an homage to Cujo. It has to be. Uh, so yes, way, I, I, I like I'm it a lot. Big supporter. Yeah, it looks nice. It looks nice. Okay, I think that is all the time we have. We've got Leaf games to watch this week. We will be back next Tuesday to talk about the first three games of the season. Cannot wait. If you've made it this far, we appreciate the hell out of all you good buds. Thank you so much for listening. Go Leafs go. Go Leafs go. For real this time. You can follow us on Twitter at GoodBudsPod. Any questions you'd like us to answer on the podcast, you can send to goodbudspod at gmail.com. The song you're listening to is Adelaide by Taylor Whitaker of Bad Friend. Adelaide is available wherever you find music. I hope you feel better like you wanted to then. I know we haven't talked. I know we haven't talked in a while, but my hands have missed the feel of your cold black hair. Styles Productions. Give me-